What is good, everybody? Welcome to another Gold Diggers podcast, part of the Niners Nation podcast network. I'm Rob Stats Guerrera. It is Friday. You know what that means from NFL.com and the Ball Blast Football Podcast. Michelle Maju. Hey, hey. I have a feeling you're much happier about the NFL season than I am. Like, yes. Yes. Like, much higher spirits in the 49ers world. So I'm happy to be here today talking about the 49ers and not having to think about my stupid Steelers. What I said on the NFL show today is the record for the Steelers is irrelevant. Just figure out what pick it is. And this, it doesn't matter this year. It's okay. You guys have had a lot of success. Look, nobody knows a rebuilding year like 49ers fans. It's okay for you to have one once every, you know, century. Yeah. But the thing is they won't rebuild. So it's going to be a long time. Oh boy. Well, we got plenty of hope here in San Francisco. Yes. Yes, we do. Now there's a lot of injuries we have to probably hit on, but at least it's a really favorable matchup this week and they should get their, you know, they should get it done and then hopefully be healthy for the chiefs coming up here. They should get it done. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about some of the injuries because we got some interesting news just before we hit record here that we'll share with you. But before we get into all that, I want to remind you, please rate, review, and follow the Niners Nation Podcast Network. We always say if you take the time to leave a review, we will read it on the show. This one comes from Ben Wyatt. When you play the Game of Thrones, you win or you die. Defense nickname is the subject. Five stars. Thank you very much. I love this podcast so much and I listen to it every time I go to sleep. The Gold Diggers, Crossover, and 49ers in five are all masterpieces. And Rob, for the Niners defense nickname, how about the Wild Boys? Just throwing that out there. Keep up the good work. We actually finished that contest yesterday. We picked a nickname for the Niners defense. Uh, It was Code Red, which I actually think is really cool. See, you're smiling, so you like it. I do. It's go. very nice of uh, Ben from Parks and Rec to write into us. There's like a 30% chance they'll both die. Yeah, solid reference. I, Parks and Rec, one of my all-time favorite shows. It's a it's a very well done show. Top five for sure for me. Uh, so that's the nickname Code Red. Now, now the job, Michelle, is like, how do we get it to catch on? That's the next task now that we've picked one. I honestly was not expecting anyone to come up with a good one. Like I saw what? a lot of, I saw a lot of suggestions and I was just like, eh, eh, eh. I was like, not, I don't think anyone's going to come up with one that really like is cool, you know, but code red is pretty awesome. Who came up with that? Uh, that is at JCC 49ers. Uh, his name is Jose Campos and Credit to him. It's a fantastic nickname. It's short. It's it's memorable. Why don't you guys make t-shirts and sell them? And then people can start wearing them to the games. Right. And get That's it out what we there. Need. We need the people at homage to hook us up with a code red t-shirt. Oh, that's let's go. what we need. With yeah. with um the deep like uh you gotta put Bosa on there. Like who would oh, be yeah. like the three main guys or maybe four that you'd want on the shirt? I mean, at this point, you gotta go Bosa, you gotta go Warner. I would go Jimmy Ward. Do you put Hufanga. Yeah, I think you do. I think you got it. <laughs> with the way he's played, he's 22 years old, and he has been an absolute stud. I'll talk to the people at Homage about that, but they do have plenty of great shirts now, by the way. If you want to go and check out their stuff, we have a link to their 49ers page right in the show notes for this podcast, so click on that. They have awesome shirts. We're going to run a bunch of contests in the future, so if you didn't win this time, don't worry. You will get another chance. All right, let's dive into it. Because right before we hit record, kind of got some news. And I don't know if it's happy news, uplifting news, or sad news, which is going to sound weird when I tell you what it is. 
Nick Bosa is back on the practice field for the 49ers. I believe it was Cam Inman tweeted out some footage of him jogging. Didn't look like he was limping. Didn't look like anything like that. Kyle Shanahan was on KMBR on Thursday and said there's a chance Bosa can go on Sunday. I just don't know if I want him to, Michelle. I don't want him to because he is so important to the team that you need him for the Chiefs game. I know it's never good to look ahead, right? You have to win the game in front of you. But if you can't beat the Falcons without Nick Bosa, there's a lot of other issues. Like, you got to be able to beat the Falcons with or without Nick Bosa. And I would rather him rest up, make sure he's 100% before he gets back on the field for a much more important matchup next week. Like the worst thing would be for him to rush it and then re-injure it against the Falcons, especially if you end up like beating them good like you're supposed to. That would feel like such a waste. Yeah, you need him for that Chiefs game. Except here's the problem, Michelle. It's not just can you beat the Falcons without Nick Bosa. It's can you beat the Falcons without Nick Bosa and without Eric Armstead and without Javon Kinlaw and without Aziz Alshire and without Jimmy Ward and without Emmanuel Mosley. If it was just Bosa, you'd be like, forget it, man. Sit down, no problem. The problem is this defense, this is basically the second team defense that they're going to run out. Now, I still think it's good enough because that's how deep this team is on defense. But, you know, it's not going to be a walk in the park. I keep telling people the Falcons are plucky, man. They give up or they don't give up. Excuse me. They continue to fight. All their losses have been by one score, I believe. So this is not going to be easy for the Niners. And they played really tough against the Buccaneers, uh, especially in that second half. And who knows what would have happened if they didn't call the most ridiculous uh, flag on a oh Tom Brady roughing God. the passer. Who like They still would have had to go down and score, which like the Falcons offense isn't very good. So who knows if they would have done that. But like they do keep games close. And I will say the 49ers with and without Nick Bosa over the last, uh, since 2019, it is pretty drastic, their defense. They're five and nine in games without him. They are allowing 25.2 points per game without him, which they allow 19.3 with him. So that's almost six points more per game they're allowing without it's a touchdown, him. Touchdown, basically. Jeez. Yeah. They average 1.1 more sacks per game with him. Uh, so it is a very big difference. Now, there could be a lot of other things. Like, I, I didn't look into the exact games. Maybe Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't playing in those games. Maybe there was other defenders not in the games. But it's just pretty drastic. I mean, that's a 14-game sample size. That's pretty big. It's not worth it. Even if you lose this game, I don't know. I just, I wouldn't mind giving him that extra week. You know, like you said, if he re-injures it, then it's going to be really bad. How many guys with the 49ers have we seen have setbacks trying to come back from injuries? It seems like almost everybody, I just... You don't want to screw around with this one. Now, the good thing I will say is that Nick Bosa does seem to take agency over his career and especially his body. Like he has his own rehab person. Like he did his own rehab, all that stuff. The Niners were like, you're good, man. Whatever you do, keep doing it. And he came back and he was awesome from the ACL. So maybe I should be comforted by the fact that like he knows his body, he protects his body. So if he's willing to be out there practicing, then maybe we should trust in that. I just... I'm not going to lie. I'm nervous. Yeah. And it is funny that we're like, oh, well, you know, the Chiefs game matters more, but it really doesn't matter more. It, the Falcons game is honestly more important because they're an NFC opponent and you want to beat the NFC teams. But for some reason we have in our head, you know, if they beat the Chiefs, that matters more just because you know the Chiefs you want to beat. It's true. 
But the biggest worry is about the re-injury. Like re-injuring it means it's not just, oh, then he's out for the Chiefs. It could be a three, four-week thing or possibly even longer. That's my biggest concern. Yep. And I just really don't want to risk that. And I get that there's so many injuries on this defense that it makes it nerve-wracking. But like, let's see the offense carry the team. Yes. I, I know that a lot of people are excited about the offensive performance in the, against the Panthers. I, for one, I guess I'm a pessimist. I thought in the first half their offense wasn't impressive in the slightest. And again, the defense, you know, held their own. They did their thing. They scored the defensive touchdown. They got the lead. It could have gotten ugly there. <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo threw a pick six. It just was dropped. And then could have thrown another interception. It was just dropped. So I wasn't as impressed with the offense. They came through there at the end of the game, you know, towards the end of the third quarter, fourth quarter, they were really kicking in the gear and coming together. But the first half I was not impressed with. So I'm so glad you said that. Cause that was literally the point I was going to make the beginning part of the year. Clearly the defense has carried the team. That's undeniable now because of all the injuries, I think the offense needs to pick up the slack for the next, you know, three, four weeks, you'd have to say at least, and they can, they're capable of it. I mean, I, I look, I know the Panthers are not a good team, but their defense isn't terrible. And in the second half of that game, the 49ers offense was pretty impressive. Touchdown, touchdown, punt, touchdown. Like, yeah, they came through in the second half. For right. Sure. So they're capable of it. They can do it. Whether they will, we'll have to see. But I think they're going to need to because of all the injuries on defense. And the one thing, and I don't know if you noticed this, Michelle, but I've been talking about it all week because every time I think about it, I get the warm and fuzzies. And that is 17-9 game in the third quarter. Kyle Shanahan faces a fourth and three at the Carolina 43 yard line. Did he trot out Mitch Wisnowski? Did he trot out a, a field goal attempt? No, he went for it on fourth and three. They got a pass interference flag and they went down the field the rest of the drive and stuck it in the end zone, made it a two score game. And the game was over after that. Uh, what I'm wondering is if the defense is a little banged up, does Kyle say, Hey, you know what? We need to be a little more aggressive on offense because we don't have as good of a defense. And maybe we start to see this more because that would be my hope. I think the bigger thing was, uh, even if we don't get it, like Baker's not going to go down and do anything. It does not matter. <laughs> like he's probably not even going to get a first down. So we might as well try for it. This is a good time to practice our fourth down. Like I think if they were against the Chiefs in that situation, they're not going for it, which that's kind of the time you need to go for more. Right. But uh, we'll see. Like, hopefully, hopefully this is the the change here and it's going to start doing it more often. At least it worked out for them in the situation. And yep. hopefully that means they'll do it more. But I'm going to wait and see on that. I still don't trust him being less. I, I still think he's going to be conservative. I think so, too, unfortunately. But maybe not. I can hope. I can dream. Um, the other thing that I was impressed with in this game. And, and this is good. This is part of the reason why I like that you were not brought up as a 49er fan, because I look at Jimmy Garoppolo last game and I'm like, where has this guy been? He's thrown, he had 10 passes, 10 or more yards down the field. He threw a couple, essentially 50, 50 balls up there. He had a beautiful back shoulder to Kittle that George caught that throw to Tevin Coleman was incredible. Are we maybe seeing what I have called is the, don't give a f Jimmy Garoppolo. I like it. Yeah, he. I did like that he was a bit more aggressive. Like I said, though, it could have turned out to be a terrible game by him. He he is the luckiest quarterback I've ever seen play. <laughs> he just is. Like 
defenders don't catch pick sixes uh guys like Kevin Coleman making that catch like that could have easily been another interception. He just threw it up. He wasn't even looking. It just happened to, like, I'm sorry. He was not even looking, and Tevin Coleman made a sick catch. Like, do you know how many? Did you watch the game last night? Uh, no. Terrible game. I admit I did not. <laughs> Darnell Mooney drops just a wide-open catch in the end zone to win the game, and it's just one of those so many drops just easy catches. It's like, there's some quarterbacks that never get a hard catch for them. And I feel like every, every player on the 49ers just makes insane catches for Jimmy, or they catch a ball behind the line of scrimmage and they take it off for 50 yards. And it's just like, Jimmy, Jimmy. And it's like, okay, you are the luckiest quarterback of all time. I will say though, that he was making more aggressive throws. I liked that in the second half, he looked better. Uh, then the first half, like the first half, I wasn't impressed with him in the slightest second half. He did look better. Yeah. And I, I hope that continues. And I don't know why, like, you know, he talked about wanting more freedom in the offense and, and maybe that's what they do. Joe Staley brought up something on KMBR this week that I really going to keep my eye out on. He said on third down, basically they're going empty. They're going shotgun. They're going empty backfield because it, forces the defense to kind of have to declare what they're doing and gives Garoppolo sort of an easier mental picture of where to go with the football. I meant to actually go back this week and look at their third downs because they converted seven out of 12 third downs against the Panthers and all of them came from the pass. So I wanted to actually go back and see how many times they were in empty in those situations. But like, look, maybe that Kyle has figured this out here and that's going to be their strategy going forward. Because if he can just do that, just literally keep the drive going on third down, the rest of the offense is good enough. And so this is the Jimmy we need to see going forward, at least like we just talked about, for the next couple games to help the defense. Yeah, it is, you know, it, it is kind of funny how excited we are for this performance from Jimmy. Like when I was watching it, I had to go back and watch the game. I had it on, but I had to watch, you know, I had to pay attention to other games for my job. So I had to go back and watch it. And from the way everyone was react reacting, I was like, wow, like Jimmy must have really impressed. I'm watching it. I'm like, I mean, all right. Like he's being a quarterback, I guess, sometimes. And then I'm like, okay, what did PFF think? Because like I'm not that impressed. And he got a 67.2. Uh, passing grade. And I was like, okay, he, he made one big time throw. Okay. So it wasn't that great of a game. It was fine. Like we give him so much credit for just making like quarterback throws for I just guess. not being bad. Yeah, really. <laughs> but you know, we say that and I thought it was his best game of the season to be honest with you. And I didn't think it was particularly the best close. half. Like I will give him credit for the second half. I was impressed. Like, were you impressed at all in the first half? No, not particularly. I mean, they had one touchdown drive. This is the thing, right? We always see them come out early and put up a touchdown usually. Kyle Shanahan scripts the first 24 plays of the game. And he also scripts the first eight after halftime, by the way, which we found out in this game, which I thought was interesting. But like, usually it seems like when once they get off those scripted plays, it kind of takes him and the offense a while to get moving again. And that's kind of what we saw in this game. They came out early, boom, touchdown, great fantastic and then struggled pretty much the rest of the first half and then in the second half they just lit him up basically yeah the panthers are terrible not their i mean their defense is solid enough so like it's still impressive and i'm excited they destroyed them like that's what they needed to do yep and i don't expect them to destroy the falcons in the same way i think they should win with ease but i don't expect this to be another 37 you know romping and you, 
them to just completely shut down the offense and all that. But the Falcons are just like, I don't know how they keep staying in the game because they're not good. I mean, 24th in total yards per game, 30th in passing yards per game. They are fourth in rushing yards per game, but without Patterson there, they really don't have the run game going. Like Tyler Algier against the Buccaneers anyways didn't look very good. And I don't expect them to look very good, even with the defenders out for the 49ers. And then their defense is allowing up a ton of yards, fourth most in the NFL for uh, passing yards and sixth most in total yards. So they're not really a good team, but somehow they keep staying in games. You know what they are good at, Michelle? That is covering the spread. They are the only team in the league that is a perfect 5-0 and against the spread. Niners are favored by this one by five points. Would you take the points or would you take the Niners? Uh, I'm taking the Niners to cover. I think this is the first time they don't do it. That streak has to end sometime, right? Yeah, and it's just like I could see Mariota getting benched in this game as well. Like I said that about Baker, and he ended up stupid covering his pass in rush yards by 10 by ten yards, and then he had to get injured, and P.J. Walker came in. But I came and believe he got it. Like Christian McCaffrey got him those yards. That <laughs> oh, was ridiculous. Yeah. He did nothing. Baker looked terrible in that game. Uh, I was so frustrated. But I, I, I just don't see the Falcons – doing well in this game, especially on offense. And I could see Mariota just keeps getting worse and worse every week that it's time to put Desmond Ritter in. I mean, what are you waiting for? I agree. You know, my philosophy on that, put these guys in, there's nothing to be gained by playing Mariota. Although he hasn't been terrible, but he's just, he is what he is at this point, but Hey, you know what? If you want to stick with him for one more week, Atlanta, I'm totally fine with that. We ended Matt Rule's career in the NFL last week. We can end Marcus <laughs> Mariota's this week. I'm totally down with that. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll get into our best bets of the week. I want to make you some money. We'll be right back. It is money-making time here on the Gold Diggers podcast. Last week, you gave us an extra best bet, a bonus best bet. You went two and two on the week, Michelle. You hit on the Carolina Panthers under six and a half points in the first half, and you hit on Jeff Wilson Jr., rushing over 67 and a half yards. Unfortunately, Baker Mayfield foiled your plans. He was over 205 and a half total yards, and Debo Samuel did not come close to his 54 and a half receiving yards. So two and two, still good. What do you like for this week? I'll just say Baker shouldn't have hit his over, okay? <laughs> like, I'm just so frustrated by that one. Like, Debo is dead wrong on. I'm so mad that Baker ended up hitting his over. He looked so bad, but whatever. Uh, so I'm going to go with the easiest one because for some reason, Vegas will not put respect on this man's name. We hit it last week. We're going to keep hitting it every week until they put his over at a respect, respectable number. But uh, Jeff Wilson over 65 and a half rush yards. He's had over 70 every single week without Elijah Moore, or Elijah Mitchell uh, last week dominated with 120, but he always seems to break off a long one. Like he could break off a 40 yarder and then he only needs 26 yards. The rest of the game. He always breaks one off, uh, throughout five weeks. Uh, the Falcons have allowed Nick Chubb to go for 118 yards on 19 carries Taysom Hill to have 81 yards on four carries Rashad Penny to have 66 yards on 14 carries. Those all would have hit the over. They're allowing 4.6 yards per carry. So it's not like they're a team that you're worried about rushing against, there's like no reason to go away from the run game here. Like they're going to run with Jeff Wilson. Tevin Coleman's looking good too, but this seems an easy over. 
yeah, Tevin Coleman's there for third down. He's not really there to take that many carries away from Jeff Wilson Jr. Although I will say I'm a little interested because Ty Davis Price has been back practicing, practiced in full multiple days this week. Uh, now, Kyle usually doesn't um, share the carries during a game. He usually sticks with like one bell cow with, you know, a few carries for the third down back, whoever it happens to be. I'm wondering if maybe he will give Ty Davis Price some run. That could affect this number. But I agree with you. As much as I like to bang on him, Jeff Wilson's been very solid to very good every single time he has played this year. And there's no reason he shouldn't hit this over this. And the offensive line is creating massive holes for him. I mean, the holes that he was running through in the last game and Wilson was doing his thing. Like he looked good. I mean, I get like he's running through like six feet size holes, but at the same time, he looks elusive. He looks good. He's doing his thing. And I just think this line's too low. They all count, right? Yeah. Who, who cares why he's getting the yards? He's still getting them. If it takes 100 carries, it doesn't matter. The one thing that I like that the Niners have done is they stopped trying to run the outside zone as much with him. That's not his strongest suit. What they've been doing is they've been tossing him the ball, and then he's been cutting back and running up the middle, which is where this line is better at blocking. So they've kind of figured it out now, I think, a little bit. Sometimes it takes you know, a few weeks to sort of learn your personnel and how teams are going to play you. And it looks like the Niners have done that and it's it's working. I mean, they are running the ball at a fantastic rate, which is all part of the stew. When you talk about, Oh, can Jimmy Garoppolo be better? He can, if he gets this running game. Yeah. And I think even Ty Davis price coming back, I'm not really worried about it. Like maybe they get him a few carries. I just, I, I see no reason to go away from Jeff Wilson. And then until he proves otherwise, just keep beating him, you know? So I feel good about it. All right, best bet number two. All right, I'm going the first time I'm betting on this man this year. It's George Kittle, over 42 and a half receiving yards. We saw him get a little bit more involved last week. He had five receptions, 47 yards. So it would have been the first time this year he would have hit this over. His first two games he played, 28 and 24 yards. But the Falcons are allowing the fifth most receiving yards in the NFL out of the slot. While George Kittle has run 42 routes out of the slot this year, the second most on the team behind Jennings. And the Falcons just can be beat by tight ends. So again, this line is 42 and a half. They've allowed five tight ends to have over this number throughout five weeks. So every single week, they're allowing a tight end to hit this number. And it's David Njoku with 73, Tyler Higby with 71, Kobe Parkinson, 44, Jawan Johnson, 43, and Cade Otten, Oten, the rookie from Tampa Bay, 43. Like three of those last names should, like, I don't even know if you guys know them because they're, they don't do anything in the NFL yet. Anyways, I guess the one's a rookie, but they all hit this over. There is zero reason for George Kittle not to hit this over. I will, I'm not even taking the blame if he doesn't. I'm not like that's Kyle, <laughs> Sh- that's Kyle Shanahan's fault if that, at that point if they're not utilizing him because that's where you can beat the Falcons defense over and over and over again. The 49ers love to say that, you know, they don't game plan specifically for anyone because they've got a lot of playmakers and and they attack the defense where it's weakest. All of a sudden last week, we spent all week talking about how George Kittle doesn't get any passes. And guess what? The four targets in the first two possessions, literally the first two passes of the game are plays specifically drawn up for Kittle. They can get the ball to anybody if they make the effort to do it. And the best part about this week is like you're saying, those two things match up. Okay, maybe you want to get George going. And also the Falcons happen to be really weak against tight ends. There should be no excuse for this. George Kittle is too damn good. Let him double Debo. Let him double Ayuk. Great. 
George is there for you. Use him. He He's capable of carrying this offense in a game. We have seen it many, many times by now. Let it rip. Travis Kelsey had four touchdowns for the Chiefs last week. I said that's almost as much as George Kittle gets in an entire season. Let's go. Let's unwrap this Christmas present. I think this should be George Kittle's like, you know how he always has some huge games throughout the season and you never know when they're going to come. I think this should be the game. Like I want, obviously I just want him to hit this over, but I I think this should be a hundred plus receiving our game. I think he should go off. I don't think there's anyone on this defense that can stop George Kittle. Uh, and I, I just think this should be a massive game by him. I'm also fine betting the over on Juwan Jennings for the same reason that they struggle in the slot. Uh, Jennings has run the most routes from the slot on the 49ers and his line is uh 16 and a half receiving yards. He could do that in one catch. Oh, he's getting the over. Yeah. So I, I like that one, but I just think this is a George Kittle game. Jimmy after the game was praising Juwan Jennings. He said, we got to get the ball to him more. Jennings had that one. It was actually the first play after they converted that fourth down. I talked about earlier, Jimmy just hit Jennings on a little check down. He broke a tackle and then ran 32 yards. He's, he heard he's, me last week. He heard me. Right. I said he. I said he's not very good. Why? Why are they passing to him? And then he was like, "You know what, Michelle? I'm actually really good." And he, you know, he proved me wrong this week. And now you're betting on him this week. You know yeah. what? That's what I like about you. You're you don't get worried about you know if your takes are wrong or whatever the next week. If he proves it, you bet on him. I like that. The only worry with Jennings, I feel like he. You know, he had two games where he's completely done nothing, five and four yards, but then he has three games where he hit this over. But I'm saying the matchup here, he should get some targets. All of these guys should do pretty well. I think Debo probably has the worst matchup of them all, but Debo's good enough to overcome it. But I'm just really sticking here with my gut with the George Kittle game. You know, if we're going to talk receiving bets, the one that I like, and I'm maybe getting baited into this, and I always do it, Kyle Juszczyk. Over eight and a half receiving yards. They have been using him as a receiver the past couple of weeks. And I love it. I love how they do it. They basically take advantage to the fact that nobody pays attention to him. He's a viable receiver. He played receiver in college. So he's got hands. He's got, you know, speed for his position. Again, he's only going to get two, maybe three targets all game. So it is a little bit of a risk. But here's the thing. If he catches it, he usually gains like, at least 10 yards because it's usually a screen play or a play where they're covering everybody else and he's wide open. I think I'm going to go juice over eight and a half receiving yards. That's my best bet this week. Yeah. I mean, it's a little risky because he's had one target, one target, one target, two targets over the last four weeks. Now he's had 24 receiving yards, 35, 27 in the last three weeks. So he's hit mm-hmm. it. Cause like you said, if he catches a ball, he's going to hit this over. It's just, Will he catch a ball? That's the biggest worry. But yeah, I wonder if we go back through all of his games over the last, like, you know, from last year to this year, how many times he hit is over. Like if he just bet it every week, like, would Mm. you be a winner? That would be interesting. Some interesting research there. Only we had someone on the show who was a (laughs) researcher. We could get to the bottom of such questions. Um, Okay. Best bet number three. Okay. I'm going on the Falcon side here. Alamade, Zacchaeus over 27 and a half receiving yards. So it's, you know, they're, they're lacking in talent over on the Falcons <laughs> office side of the ball. And it's Drake London, their rookie. I guess if Kyle Pitts is back, he can get some receptions possibly. They, they don't want to use them for whatever reason. And then that's pretty much it. And Zacchaeus has had 
49, 55, 39 receiving yards in each of the last three games. So easily has beaten this over. And the 49ers have actually allowed the eighth most receiving yards to wide receivers out of the slot this season. And Diavador Lenore out of the slot has actually been really bad. So (laughs) it's surprising because you think like, oh, this defense has been so good. But when in slot coverage, he's allowed the most receptions in the NFL uh, when in slot coverage. And he's allowed the second most receiving yards in slot coverage in the NFL. So teams are picking on him and they're winning. So I think this is the area where you can beat the 49ers. Now, my biggest worry is with Mosley out that they move Lenore to the outside and then maybe Womack to the slot. And I don't want that. Like I, I want Lenore to stay here so I could be right on my bet. I think they could still win anyways, you know, but from the slot, the wide receivers are allowing to gain yards. It's not just Cooper cup who you're like, well, we, they played Cooper cup. He had 48 yards on the slot. So, and put up a lot of yards elsewhere. Shy Smith last week, 61 yards out of the slot. Ben Schroenek, 33 yards. Kendall Hinton, 27 yards. Brian Pringle, 22 yards. And these are just out of the slot. Not like they're total yardage in the game. Obviously Tyler Lockett's a great slot wide receiver as well. He had 50 yards. And uh, Zacchaeus is running 48 routes this year out of the slot by far the most on the Falcons. So I think he hits this over pretty easily. Teams have been able, and it's not just Diamador Lenore because Kwan Williams, it happened to him too. That slot fade. I don't know if it's something specific about D'Amico Ryan's defense. I don't know if it's something specific to Lenore and Kwan Williams, whatever it is, it works like every time it's unbelievable how much success teams have had with it. And like you said, Dude from the Panthers last week, quick out of nowhere, just pull, they made like no plays in the game. One of the plays they made, slot fade. It's unbelievable. It's a weakness on this Niners defense for whatever reason. Now, like we said, they're so good the rest of the time, it usually doesn't matter. But you could potentially hit this over on one play. Yep. Literally one slot fade could be all you need to hit this over. And I'll probably have to do that because he pretty much gets two receptions every game, but they're just they're for a big gain. And I think Ward, like the only guy you really have to worry about is Drake London for a wide receiver anyway. So you would expect Travarius Ward to be mostly on Drake London for most of the day. And then I'm like, I, I just want the other guy because I think they'll be targeting them and you know you don't want to go towards ward all too often i think this could be a game that he has more receptions than he normally does and he really only needs two receptions to hit this over you don't want to go to at mooney ward ever that dude has been such a steal for the 49ers just an absolute stud every time they throw the ball in the air and i see it's going towards number seven i'm like oh they're not gonna catch it like i have that much confidence in him already it's so so nice I want to give one of my uh, another best bet for me, actually. It's a Jeff Wilson bet. I should have mentioned it earlier. Shame on me. And I think it's I feel pretty confident in its longest rush right now. It's at 15 and a half yards. And you mentioned the holes the offensive line are opening for him. He's had multiple runs where he's not even touched for 15 and a half yards. Jeff Wilson has hit this over every week except one. And it was week one when he wasn't actually the starting running back. So. He's been able to break off big runs. He actually has a 30-yard run each of the last three weeks. He went for 37 against the Broncos, 32 against the Rams, and he had a 41-yarder against Carolina last week. Kyle, like I said before, has adjusted in the run game. I think he's going to break one off. It seems like he's able to do it, like we said, almost every single week. 
Give me Jeff Wilson Jr. Longest rush over 15 and a half yards. Yeah, I'm really surprised that they have it that low. I saw that too, and I already had Jeff Wilson's total, so I didn't want to also do his longest rush. But he breaks off a long one every single week, like you said. And I, I yeah, he, he should easily hit that as well. That's just a little bit harder because it's like, what if he like, you know, what if he breaks it off for 14? That bothers me so much. So I get a little <laughs> bit more worried. I'm more confident in just his total. But yeah, he should definitely hit that over longest rush. I'm surprised it's so low for him. Yeah, I don't know why. Maybe they they think he's not going to have as much success or get fewer carries or whatever the case, or maybe they just think that the streak has to end sometime. But again, he doesn't need a 40 yarder. He just needs a 15 yard run. I think he's going to get it. The 49ers should win this game. There's no excuse for not winning this game. Even though you have injuries on defense, you're just, you're so much more talented than Atlanta. It's not even close. And this is a big deal for the Niners, Michelle, because you win this game, you go to four and two on the year. You're looking really good in the division, the Rams may lose. I know the Rams are 10 point favorites this week. I don't know why the Rams are 10 point favorites this week. I don't like anything that's going on with them. You win this game. It'd be another NFC win, which you want to keep stacking those. You pr- I'll say it now. I think they're probably going to lose to the chiefs. So you'd like to have, you know, this win bank. So you're not losing two in a row going into that Rams game. This is an important game for the 49ers handle your business. And don't let the Falcons hang around because we've seen them come back every single week here. This is a get up two scores game and handle your business and they better do it. Yep. And I completely agree with you there with the Rams because I feel like every time a team fires their coach and the team just like gets this renewed energy and they come out fighting more than ever. They're home. Oh no, the Rams are home. I was thinking the who cares? The Rams home games are like road games anyway. Yeah, it doesn't matter. But I'm happy that the 49ers face them to then fire. You know, they made them fire their coach after instead of having to face them after they fire their coach, because that's always tricky. So I could see this being an upset for the Rams. They do not look good at all. Like no. at all, they're not a team I'm even worried about. Like you, you know, they can get hot at any point, but they do not look good. This division should be the 49ers. Somehow the Seahawks look so much better than you thought they're going to, but they just keep f- figuring out ways to lose. So they can't stop anybody. They can't stop anybody. It's pathetic how bad. It, which is crazy because like their offense is is fun to watch. It's impressive. But their defense is just so hideously bad. They lost to the Saints last week. Seattle and Arizona are playing each other. So somebody in the division is going to have a loss. You, you, I think I'm kind of rooting for Arizona in that one. Although, I don't know. I guess it really doesn't matter. It's a Call of Duty weekend, though. So Kyler Murray is going to be in the tank. Which Somehow is this division has turned out to become easy. Like, I'm not scared of anyone else in this division. This is the 49ers division as long as they don't F it up. Like, do your thing play how you play, win the games you're supposed to, and yep. you should win this division. They're the only team in the division that has a positive point differential. The Rams have been outscored by 36 points this year. It's just, it's coming off the rails a little bit for the Rams. Uh, but look, they got their Super Bowl rings. So I think everybody would say that it was worth it. But this should be another fun week for the 49ers. I started yesterday's show at 11 talking about how They beat the Panthers so soundly last week that no one's even talking about it because there's nothing to discuss. And that is exactly where you want to be as an NFL team. They should have another one of those weeks this week. A hundred percent. And then we can just go into the Chiefs game knowing they handled their business against the teams they're supposed to. And obviously you want to show up and be competitive against the Chiefs. 
but and that's the way you can take it. Like, let's be competitive. Let's show that we are actual Super Bowl contenders. But if Mahomes ends up, you know, pulling off an awesome play to end the game, okay, and we take the loss, okay. But that's going to hurt a lot more if you end up losing to the Falcons. Like, you can't do that. You have to make sure you yes. get this game. And then next week, you see how competitive you really are. That's cool. But let's handle our business against a team that you should easily, easily beat. Right. And that's part of the reason why I like that they're at the Greenbrier this week. They're not in San Francisco. Like everyone knows they're at the Greenbrier because they have a game that have to handle their business. I don't think they're going to look past the Falcons. I really don't. They've been very successful on the second leg of these East Coast trips. I believe they are seven and zero in that situation. Um, or no, I'm sorry. They're seven and one overall going to the back to back East Coast and they're four and zero in the second leg of the trip. So they've never lost when they've stayed on the East coast. Let's keep that going. And then yeah, chiefs game is a measuring stick game. And to me, that's like house money. If you can beat the chiefs. Awesome. That's fantastic. But if not, I don't worry that much about it. It's an AFC game. Also like whatever we'll, we'll deal with that when the time comes, but let's get fat and happy against the Falcons this week. Everything is ready. And for the love of God, can we get through the game without losing another starter? Like just one football <laughs> gods. Can I have one game? Literally, they have lost a starter, a big player, every single week of the regular season. It's disgusting. Well, we were mentioning, you know, if you keep putting the defense on the field so much and playing so many snaps, you're going to be getting injuries. And I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, so maybe I'm just making it up. But it felt like the defense had to play way more than they should have had to in the first half of that game. It's like, let's, you know, rely on the offense a little bit more to start this game. Keep the defense healthy and off the field. And let's do this thing. But, yeah, they need to get out of this game healthy because I don't know how much more. You can't keep losing players on defense and expecting right. the same results. Like, sooner or later, like, I get they have a ton of depth and they're all, you know, pretty solid players. But. If you get to your third stringers, it's not going to be like that any longer. Week one, they lost Elijah Mitchell. Week two, Trey Lance. Week three, Trent Williams. Week four, Armstead and Kinlaw. And week five, Bosa, maybe, Mosley, Jimmy Ward, and Robbie Gold. What the hell? We're going to run out of starters pretty soon. Yeah. It hasn't, hasn't been friendly, but for some reason, the 49ers have to deal with these injuries every year. It's, what do you think it is? Like, what is it? Like, how do they keep, it can't just be unlucky, like unluckiness at this point, right? Like there has to be something else that is coming into the equation. Yeah. I think it's just a lot of, I think it's some luck, but also the Niners are really physical. Maybe something about the way they practice, maybe something about their training staff. I think it's a lot of small things that are just combining, but I totally agree. After a half a decade, it's not luck. No one is this unlucky for this long. Luckily, it looks like Robbie Gold's going to play, so that's good, although he hasn't been super impressive this year. And by the way, Brett, one more thing before we go. Niners special teams, kickoff coverage, feel free to actually do your damn job this week. <laughs> the only reason the Panthers scored as many points as they did last week is because they started, I think, three drives at around midfield. As yeah. long as you don't give teams that extra yardage, I still don't think the Falcons are going to be able to drive all the way down the field multiple times against the 49ers. Just do your job, special teams. You don't have to be great. You don't have to make any crazy plays. Just do your damn job. Yeah, I was I was getting a little worried there watching the special teams. I'm like, either the Panthers special teams is so good. I don't <laughs> I don't know if they're this good or what is happening because the punter had to make two tackles. Or I mean Robbie Gold, that's how he got hurt making right. those damn tackles. It was Robbie Gold. Okay. Yeah, um, he does kick off well, he got, for some reason. He got uh 
blasted on that. Oh, yeah. He got lit up. <laughs> Meanwhile, Raheem Blackshear had seven returns for 200 yards. I feel like Blackshear could have just, like, you know, kept running, and I don't think Gold would have tackled him, but instead he just ran right into him, and then, they, you know, <laughs> he didn't score. Uh, I did want to bring up that we got an alert while we were talking. Kyle Pitts is officially uh, listed as questionable. He was limited mm. all week. Are you worried at all if Kyle Pitts plays or not plays? Or No, because they don't throw it to him. And the only reason <laughs> I know that is because he's on my fantasy team. and I know nobody cares. But, like, to me, it's crazy what they have done with him. And maybe he's been more banged up this year than we know about. And maybe that's part of the reason. But, like, dude was a monster last year. And you've got nobody else on your team. You would think that they'd find a way to get him the ball. But, they, I mean, he could do some damage. But if he's kind of banged up, the Niners do have Fred Warner. I can't say I'm worried right now about Kyle Pitts. It is one last guy you have to, you know, focus on. And I guess you can use your efforts elsewhere, but 25 or fewer yards in four of his, uh, three of his four games. Like, and Arthur Smith is like, yeah, this isn't fantasy football. We play to win. It's like, he was a fourth overall pick. Like you drafted <laughs> this tight end as the fourth overall pick. He, you use him to win games. That's the point. Like I'm very confused here. And it's not like he's like this amazing blocking tight end. Like he's an amazing receiving tight end. Right. If you want to win games, you would think you would utilize that talent. And, um, but you know, Arthur Smith, Hey, is you know what? I'll Arthur take the Smith. hit this week for the fantasy team. Feel free to, to not throw him the ball again this week. We have no problem. Let's give him a week. You know, he's still a little banged up. Give him a week to ease back in. And next week you can do whatever the hell you want with him. But there you go. Best bets. Just to recap really quick. George Kittle over 42 and a half receiving yards. Jeff Wilson Jr. over 65 and a half rushing yards. And please help me. Olamide Zach. I can't do it. Olamide Zacchaeus. Olamide Zacchaeus. I apologize because I, I hate mispronouncing people's names. Olamide Zacchaeus. I had to look over. it up. I watched multiple interviews. Uh, so I did a lot of work on this one to make sure I didn't. Shout out. The Niners have this thing on their media site where every player says their own name and you can just click on it and just hear them pronounce their own name over and over again. It's such a fantastic thing because I cool. hate when people mispronounce names. So, but anyway, uh, over 27 and a half receiving yards on that last best bet. I had Jeff Wilson Jr. over 15 and a half longest rush. And, uh, oh, Jimmy Garoppolo, book it. Going to throw an interception in this game. Take the over 0.5. Every week I tell you to take it. This week especially because he hasn't had an interception in two straight weeks. And James Garoppolo has never, <laughs> ever, 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 ever in his career gone three straight games without throwing an interception. To be fair, he threw one last week. Like He threw a pick six. Well, it wasn't caught. It doesn't count in the stat book. And in terms of money, that's all we care about. Book it. He's throwing a pick this week. So take that one as well good luck to everybody we hope we make your money please again rate review follow the niners nation podcast network we are the fastest growing 49ers podcast on the planet that is due to you last year we cracked over a million downloads we're over two million already Damn. this year so thank you thank you thank you please keep that support coming michelle i hope you have a fantastic weekend you too bye y'all